Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Today is January 30th, 2023, and our first story. New email leaks implicate Joe Biden in sharing classified information with Hunter Biden, or at the very least, Hunter may have stumbled upon some classified documents in Joe Biden's home. Jim Jordan says it's very different from what happened with Donald Trump on Meet the Press, and he's right. An ex-Clinton aide says that Joe Biden could be done. He won't be able to run in 2024. The scandal has ended his presidential career. In our next story, a celebrity speaking out saying Pfizer is dangerous. Liberals are pissed off saying he's an anti-vaxxer. And then he points out they've actually been criminally charged before. In the next segment, were the police officers in Memphis that killed Tyree Nichols members of a notorious gang? Well, it's a rumor. But one thing is true. The department lowered its standards and it got low standard cops. If you like the show, give us a good review and leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Yesterday, Jim Jordan, chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, met with Chuck Todd on NBC's Meet the Press to discuss the classified document scandal for which Joe Biden is currently embroiled in. And of course, the corporate press could not help but say it is a conspiracy. Donald Trump, the documents, the FBI raids and Jim Jordan accurately points out why it's different. Joe Biden was not the president. Donald Trump, the documents he had were were locked, protected by the Secret Service. And now more information coming out about how Joe Biden may have provided classified information to his son, Hunter Biden, for illicit business dealings. Why is anyone not surprised to hear this news? Well, I suppose there may be some people who are surprised, but they're certainly pretending like they're not surprised. They're certainly pretending like it didn't happen. You see, the first story comes from about a week ago. The New York Post, incredibly suspicious. Hunter Biden email may be based on classified info, according to a GOP senator. We now have more people coming out showing emails from the Hunter Biden laptop, exposing them, saying, hey, wait a minute. There's not just one document suggesting Hunter Biden had access to classified information. In fact, there may be more, maybe even three emails so far found in the Hunter Biden laptop suggesting that he somehow had access to these classified documents. Now, gee whiz, how could this have happened? Could it be that Joe Biden had classified documents sitting in his garage in a totally insecure fashion? Could it be that Joe Biden had these at his think tank in his office, not secured? Could it be that Hunter Biden had access to all of these places? Or could it be worse? Could it be that Joe Biden 
was actually giving his son this information, sharing email accounts, perhaps, so that his son could just freely read whatever he wanted. I don't think it's far-fetched to suggest. Now, the big story outside of all of this is that an ex-Clinton advisor is saying this whole classified file debacle is going to knock Biden out of the race for 2024. Hey, if you're a gambling man and you are run that predicted market, take this news into consideration because right now everybody's betting that Joe Biden will be the 2024 nominee and they're betting that he will be the winner of the 2024 presidential election. That's right. Above Ron DeSantis, Trump actually not in the top running, surprisingly. But the question is, with all of this, why is it happening now? And why are they going after Joe Biden? It seems weird. I mean, everybody's saying Joe Biden's a deep state. Why would the government go after Joe Biden? Like, why would the DOJ go after Joe Biden? It doesn't seem to make sense. Now, some people have offered up potentials. It could be a deep state flex. The president is not in charge. We are in charge. You go against us, we clean house. Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Mike Pence, it doesn't matter. I wonder, could this be a DOJ tit for tat? Civil war, as you've all uh, been expecting me to say. Could it be that there are elements of the FBI that are pro-Democrat, elements of the FBI that are anti-Democrat or pro-Republican, and when they went after Trump and raided his house, other elements of the FBI or the DOJ said, nope, and started prodding Joe Biden, causing his lawyers to panic and say, yeah, we have them. I'm sorry. Here, take them. Please, please. I don't know. I got no idea what's happening. But it is a curious question. Why would they go after Joe Biden? I mean, he's given them everything they've wanted, the deep state, the DOJ, the intelligence agencies. He works with them. I'm not so daft as to suggest he's actually their boss. It hasn't probably hasn't been that way in a long time. That is to say, you know, to a certain degree, I get it. He is. But the intelligence agencies have power to strike back and do what they want. Why remove Biden? Maybe it's just too hard. You can't keep him in there, right? You need some young energy. And Joe Biden ain't it. I mean, it was probably really hard to get him in there in the first place, especially against Donald Trump. Maybe they're betting, look, it's got to be Newsom DeSantis. I don't know. But let's do this. Let's read the news to figure out exactly what's going on. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member in order to support our work directly. Click that join us button at TimCast.com and you will be supporting the work we do here. These videos, TimCast IRL, all the employees. And you will also get access to exclusive members only segments of the TimCast IRL podcast Monday through Thursday at 8 p.m. Check it out. You don't want to miss it. And shout out. We're having a show in Austin, April 14th. My friends, it's sold out in like two days. I can't be- I can kind of believe it. I thought, you know, we're going to have Alex Jones on stage. People are people want to see Alex Jones. Like, I, I don't think we sold it out. I think we certainly played a role. But I think Jones is the big get. So uh, shout out to Alex for, for joining us in the show. We got Alex Stein, Blair White, Michael Mouse, Luke Rutkowski, and of course, the crew of TimCast IRL, me, Ian, Serge, etc. And uh, it should be a lot of good fun. Let's uh, let's do this. Let's read this story from the New York Post so you can understand the suspicious Hunter Biden emails. I want to play for you the Jim Jordan clip, and we'll go through why this is very, very different from what Donald Trump did. The New York Post reports Hunter Biden, an email about Ukraine from 2014, looks suspiciously like it could have come from classified information, a leading GOP senator has claimed. Ron Johnson said the April 12th, 2014 message to one of the First Sons business partners resembles documents that the State Department gives members of the Senate when they travel overseas. It reads like one of those scene setters 
Highly detailed information in terms of Ukraine, Johnson told Fox News Tuesday. The email from Hunter to Devin Archer includes a granular 22 point memo the Biden Zion described as thoughts after doing some research. Those thoughts include the prescient predictions that Petro Poroshenko would be elected Ukraine's president the following month and that some sort of decentralization will likely occur in the East. By the way, here's a photo they include of Joe Biden golfing with Hunter Biden and his associates. Ha ha. Quote, if it doesn't, the Russians will continue to escalate their destabilization campaign, which could lead to a full scale takeover of the eastern region, most critically Donetsk. Hunter Biden wrote, the strategic value is to create a land bridge for Russia to Crimea. Hey, how about that? We've been talking about that, too. Now, I got to say, I don't think that's necessarily secret information, especially in 2014. You could look at what the Russians were doing and make a guess. The 1300 word email, far more detailed and lengthy than anything else found on Hunter's laptop, also referenced an upcoming trip to Ukraine by then Vice President Joe Biden and appeared to acknowledge the older Biden's penchant for gaffes. The announcement of my guys, I love that, upcoming travel should be characterized as part of our advice and thinking. But what he will say and do is out of our hands. In other words, it could be a really good thing or it could end up creating too great an expectation. We need to temper expectations regarding that visit. Gee, I wonder, was that the visit when uh, Joe Biden went and said, no, I think that was 2016 when he was, no, 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 that was 2014, wasn't it? When he said, you're not going to get the billion dollars. Johnson noted the email was written at the same time when Devin Archer and Hunter Biden were trying to get on the board of Burisma and get their three, four million dollars worth of payday, trying to prove their worth. Three days later, Vice President Biden meets with Devin Archer in the White House, he said. Then Biden goes to Ukraine and is listed as the face of the Obama administration in Ukraine. It's obvious Hunter Biden is selling access to information. Does that have anything to do with some of the classified documents Vice President Biden was squirreling away in his residence? I don't know but it looks incredibly suspicious. Well, there's more. In this tweet from Miranda Devine, and this is probably what he was referencing, a curiously well-informed email about Ukraine, Russia, and the UK and Hunter Biden's laptop is a thread that links the president's classified document scandal to the Delaware federal investigation into his son's foreign business dealings. Here is a screenshot of Hunter Biden's original 22-point Ukraine email cited in the column. Note the strategic detail. It's very interesting. There's no hiding Biden's fright over classified document scandal, writes Miranda Devine. Curiouser and curiouser. Now, I don't normally cite the Gateway Pundit, but it's really hard to criticize the Gateway Pundit when they present the actual email from the laptop and say, third Hunter Biden email from laptop with classified information uncovered. Classified White House conference call shared with Hunter's Ukrainian business partners and several more are coming. In the email, and again, take this with a grain of salt, do the, do the digging. I don't, I mean, look, no disrespect to the Gateway Pundit. Don't normally follow or use them as a source, but they show this. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, 
They have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. They note, this email is original source data taken directly from the Hunter Biden laptop computer. This is the only source of verifiable content for the Hunter Biden laptop. The chain of custody is known and complete. This is the only source that has chain of custody verification. Basically, what they're trying to say is, you can't call us liars. This email came from it. Check it out. And in it, it says, dear all, this morning, the White House hosted a conference call regarding the vice president's upcoming trip to Ukraine. Attached is a memo from Blue, from the Blue Star Strategies team with the minutes of the call, which outlined the trip's agenda and addressed several questions regarding U.S. policy toward Ukraine. We hope this is helpful. Please let us know if you have any questions. Here are the problems with what was uncovered. The attachment in the email was a memo of a White House conference call, which is classified and therefore would be illegal to share. The way the email is worded appears it's not the first time that Blue Star Strategies received the information. Of course, that's Hunter Biden's associates. The memo attached was regarding Joe Biden's trip to Ukraine, which implicates Joe Biden in the sharing of classified information. The information not only includes Biden's trip agenda, but the Biden-Obama policy on Ukraine. The email was provided to Burisma, a foreign entity. This is espionage. Okay, well, I'll slow down there real quick. I mean, here's the email from Hunter Biden. I'll slow down there real quick and just say, let's temper expectations. Call it uh, espionage. I don't, I don't know if that's the case. Some people might argue it is. Is it classified information? That I would need confirmation on. What we do know is the White House is having conferences on U.S. policy in Ukraine and sharing it with third parties, Hunter Biden's associates. I have questions about that at the very least. Now, I'm not saying I know the Gateway Pundit is correct on their assessment, but it looks like we are seeing White House conference calls being shared with Blue Star Strategies. Why? Why? This is strange. I mean, look, Hunter Biden was doing, come on, let's just, Joe Biden said he was, he knew nothing about his son's business deals. Now this, spare me. But let's talk about where we go. Mr. Jim Jordan, take it away. We got about a minute's worth of footage here for y'all to listen to. Executed. President Trump warrant. had documents locked in a room with Secret Service protecting them. Uh, President Biden had documents in his garage and in a think tank that was funded by the Chinese. I think there's a difference. President Trump was the only guy who was actually are, president. Are, the, I mean, you talk about that. You're worried about the Chinese and, and, and Hunter no, Biden. No, I'm just saying, are I think you there's worried a difference. about the Chinese? Look at that deflection. You're worried about the Chinese. You're about the Ch- he just brought up a security leak, dude. Calm down. He's, and Donald they Trump? They took pictures. They took pictures of... Are you at all worried about that? No, I, I'm not. But they took pictures of, of the documents at Trump's house. They took no pictures of documents. In fact, it's not just me who would like to know what went on here. Senator Warner said it last I, week. He would like to get a briefing. He wants to see the documents. No and guess Congressman, what? The FBI the is saying, no, but they took pictures the issue of the is folders not whether, in Trump's home. The issue is not whether Joe Bi- what Joe Biden did. Uh, no, the issue, is, the issue is equal why treatment is it, under the law. That's the issue. No, the equal issue is treatment you do under the not law. seem to ever see the same conspiratorial problems when it's a Republican. Those were all investigated for f- four years and they continue By the to way, do it. Sophistry from Chuck Todd. I, I think he knows he's lying. Donald Trump was president. If any of them accidentally brought out classified documents, fine, whatever. I don't care. Just, just bring them back. 
Donald Trump was president. The president has plenary, plenary declassification powers. He's the president. He decides what's classified or not. Now, these documents were locked despite the Secret Service protection. I think it was the FBI, the DOJ that came and actually had the lock placed on the, on the, uh, the locker or whatever, the cabinet where they had it. So these were guarded. They were the, they were, it, it was the president who did it. You want to come out and say it's bad? Fine. Be consistent. Joe Biden also had these. Fair point, Jim Jordan. If we are being consistent, Chuck Todd, why didn't we get a raid on Joe Biden's residence? Why didn't they take pictures and post them on the internet for all the world to see? Because it's, it's lopsided. Because they're going after Trump and they're protecting Biden. Strangely, though, it looks like this may actually end up sinking the guy. So we will see. But I love, love, love this story from the Washington Post. Now, understanding all of that, we know that it is, it is not a comparable situation. Donald Trump has never been accused of giving secrets to his son to aid his son's private business ventures, or I'm sorry, he probably has been. But Don Jr. was not on the board of an energy company in Saudi Arabia or something like that. What's the worst thing that happened? Oh, heavens, we got the Abraham Accords. Now, they all come out and they want to justify everything Joe Biden and the Democrats do. Let's be real. I get these people saying, Tim, you're claiming there's an egg shortage and it's, and it's Biden's fault and in inflation when it's actually the avian flu. It's like, <laughs> did you read anything about the stories? It's both. Probably more inflation if you're asking, but I know the avian flu is causing problems. We talked about that. We talked about our chickens, Chicken City. But people always want to engage in sophistry to desperately defend malfeasance. And when we say, hey, these are not the same. Fine. Arrest Trump for the classified documents. Then go take pictures of Joe Biden's house and arrest him too. But Joe Biden's cooperating. Donald Trump let them come in his house, lock the, th- lock the thing up and say, sure. And they're like, yeah, but the lawyer said they didn't have any more. Maybe she was wrong. Calm down. Either arrest one or both. Uh, arrest no one or arrest both. Just shut up already. Here we go. I love this from this morning. The GOP effort to equate Biden and Trump on classified documents is working. Analysis by Philip Bump. Oh, don't play me on that, Philip Bump. Equate? Ain't nobody equating nothing. That's you. I am definitively stating what Joe Biden did was worse. Have a nice day. You see, what they're doing here is saying they're trying to, to equate. No. No, we're trying to outright say Biden is worse. He's, he's a criminal. And he's been for a long time. Here's what he writes. I love it. It does not matter whether the U.S. government is overly enthusiastic about classifying documents, which is almost certainly true. Having or storing a classified document in an insecure area is still something that should certainly be avoided and potentially be sanctioned. Yes, we talked about it uh, last week that even the Pentagon food menus are classified. And I said, I actually agree with that. And people are acting like, but the food menus? What is it? Look, you got high ranking people working at the Pentagon. Here's what you don't want. Someone to know what's on the menu. So let's say it's a a filet mignon with crab imperial. Mm. I love it, by the way. So somebody makes that, does something to it, and then can slip it in. If you don't know what's on the menu, you can't do that. So it kind of makes sense they don't share. Although it does seem silly, right? Don't tell people what you're having for lunch. They want to write. It does matter whether a document marked as classified is actually classified. When documents are declassified, their classification markings are often struck through. Blah, blah, blah. When the rough transcript of President Donald Trump's call with with, uh, Zelensky in 2019, it said unclassified, we get it. 
Whether the documents found at Trump's property at Mar-a-Lago had been declassified, either through official, pro- official process, informal ones, or through the sheer power of Trump's mind, which quite literally is true, uniquely doesn't matter. He and his allies have been breathless in asserting Trump was allowed to retain the documents. Well, I don't think it's a problem if they come back and say, look, you got to give them back. And he says, OK, you know, whatever. We don't want this information out or something like that. He can argue, I declassified these and I took them. Sue him. You got to. What's the argument they're making? He was in possession of presidential records being demanded by the National Archives or that he failed to comply with a subpoena for documents with classification markings. Importantly, not simply classified documents. Blah, 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 blah. View documents issue as concerning. Based upon what you know, here's the question. When it comes to classified government documents that should not have been found at Biden's house, are they very, somewhat, very or somewhat among member part, uh, members of party? For some reason, when people are polled, more people say Trump is very concerning. It's because they have Trump derangement syndrome, and they don't seem to understand that even if you were just neutrally mad about this, you should be mad at both individuals. But if there's that tiny percentage of people who are like, what Biden did is no big deal, but what Trump did is, you are in a cult. You are, you are, your brain is in need of, 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 of a, 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 let's just call it a shakeup. Someone's got to snap you out of it. Wake up, wake up. It's one or the other, not both. It can't be both. Biden can't be innocent and Trump can be guilty. They did the same thing. In fact, it's not even the same. It's not even fair. Trump was president. Well, we'll see how that goes for our good friend Joe Biden. The Daily Mail reports Bill Clinton's former advisor predicted Sunday that the classified files debacle and snaring Biden will knock the Democrat out of the race in 2024. That's going to be the absolute end of it for Biden, said Dick Morris, who worked with Clinton when he was governor of Arkansas and during his first White House term. Morris claimed on Katz Roundtable on WABC radio that there could be documents relevant to his son's dealings in Ukraine, which would be directly linked to a to a big bribery scandal involving the vice president and his son. As many as 30 documents with classified markings were recovered from Biden's home in Wilmington, Delaware, and a Washington, D.C. think tank he once used as an office. It emerged months later, blah, blah, blah. We get it. We get it. We get it. We get it. The issue here is not not if everybody took classified documents home. He claimed Biden's situation stuck out because some of the documents recovered from his private quarters contained classified information about American policy toward Ukraine. Okay. Donald Trump contacted the president of Ukraine and said, well, what's this thing about Joe Biden saying, fire the prosecutor, you're not getting a billion dollars. And they said he was trying to dig up dirt on Joe Biden. Well, you know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like there is dirt. Sounds like the American people deserve to know. And Joe Biden wasn't running for president. Sounds like Donald Trump was digging into criminal activity. And, and because of the actions of Democrats, we'll never know about it. These people are evil. Sorry. That's just it. Not every person is malevolently evil or maliciously evil, but they can be the banality of evil. Adam Schiff, for instance, I believe is malevolent. But when it comes to this, you have intelligence agencies knowing that Donald Trump was trying to root out corruption and they come to his defense. That's evil. I don't care if you know why you're doing it. If there's a guy who is told to stand outside of a bank with a gun and then he doesn't know why, but then the guys go inside and start robbing the bank. Do you think they're going to say to that man with the gun, 
you know, look, you're totally innocent. They're going to be like, dude, like, I mean, like they tell, tell the guy, like, stay out here and don't let anybody come. And he goes, okay, you got it, boss. You know, you, you were part of the crew. Spare me. Oh, I didn't know. I had no idea. Nice try. If Joe Biden is, 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 has got this classified information, somehow Hunter Biden's getting access to it. We are dealing with a profound, profound level of corruption. So yeah, maybe that knocks him out. They're going to mention Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings. While Biden was vice president, the time from which several of the documents are dated, he had spearheaded anti-corruption efforts in Ukraine. His son, meanwhile, was on the board of a Ukrainian energy company for several years, beginning in 2014. Yeah, I don't think he was engaged in, uh, I don't think he was rooting out corruption. I think what he was doing was placing favorable people in government using cash. You want the billion dollars? You put in our guy. I think he was actually engaged in the corruption. And the, the, the best defense is to claim you're doing what your enemy or your enemy is doing what you're actually doing. Donald Trump's trying to dig up dirt on Joe Biden. Donald Trump was trying to investigate a crime and they used it to impeach Trump, accusing him of a quid, quid pro quo when in fact it was Joe Biden quite literally saying as the VP, unless you fire the prosecutor, you do not get the billion dollars. And the response they always give is that was in line with U.S. foreign policy. Don't know, don't care. The vice president does not have the legal authority to withhold congressionally approved loan guarantees for any reason. But they said in this case he did because they're lying. So I got to wonder, maybe this will really knock him out. Predict it says who will who will win the 2024 Democratic presidential nomination? Joe Biden with 52 cents is a strong favorite to win. He went down about one cent since I opened this, but we will see over here at the who will win the 2024 Republican. You got Ron DeSantis, 38 cents. Donald Trump's 33. People really think it's going to be DeSantis, even though Trump's running and he was wearing a polo that said 47 on it. He thinks he'll be president. And then we have this predict it. Who will win the 2024 U.S. presidential election? Joe Biden with 34 cents, Ron DeSantis with 30 and Donald Trump with 22. I think my bet on predict it is for Donald Trump. I'm not sure though. It might have been DeSantis and it might have been because it's like a long shot bet at the time and it was worth more money. I don't know. I I have some shares. I bought some, but take a look at this right now. People think it's going to be Biden or he's at least a favorite. It could potentially go to Ron DeSantis. That's 34 to 30. I'll tell you this. If it's true, Joe Biden is being knocked out because of this laptop scandal. He's going to drop to zero. But we'll see. It's a Clinton advisor. Somebody who's connected. Somebody who knows. Maybe we will see it. They're going to mention. Morris claimed Sunday that Biden's classified documents were part of a big bribery scandal involving his son and his son's business in Ukraine. It will knock Biden out of the race. The former White House advisor also shared the results of a survey conducted with veteran pollster John McLaughlin that reportedly shows Biden leading the pack of potential 2024 Democratic nominees, but with just 25 percent of the support. When Biden as president can't get more than 25 percent of the primary vote in his own party, that's near death. He's also incredibly vulnerable. But tell me, my friends, who is it going to be? Newsom? Gavin Newsom? Yo, look, the guy's kind of slick, but he's like greasy plastic. He like, you look at Newsom and you think, 
plastic. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Not presidential. I don't know if I see it in Ron DeSantis either, to be completely honest. You know, Milo Yiannopoulos comes on this show and he says, Ron DeSantis has the charisma of something moist that you accidentally touched when reaching for something, like a, like a wet sponge. Very, very well. He said it better than me. I, you know, I try to do impersonations, but uh, no, it was funny. You're reaching for something and you accidentally touch something moist, like a wet sponge. That, that, was, that was brilliant. Part of me was like, he had to have written that before because that's too good to just wit about during a live show. But uh, that's why people like Milo. Well, I don't know about what they're thinking about him now with all that yay stuff, but uh, that was what people really liked. The dude is sharp. Don't get me wrong. Milo's very sharp. You'd think he'd be at 40% or 50% at the least. That means pretty much everybody that breathes on him can knock him over. Despite the string of classified document revelations becoming somewhat of a public relations crisis for Biden, his lawyers have continued to point out that the president's approach to handling secret files is vastly different than that of his predecessor. Biden's lawyers handed over the documents to the Justice Department as soon as they were found and have pledged to cooperate with investigators every step of the way. Spare me this ridiculous game where they're trying to be like, Donald Trump should have just given up all the documents even though he was the president and could declassify them and wanted to keep them for whatever reason. I wonder. One of the rumors is that those documents that Trump had pertain to Russiagate and maybe implicated or exonerated him. And uh, he wanted the American people to see it. You know, I don't know. I am no psychic. What I can tell you is I'm not playing these games. I have to wonder and I have to ask. And that's what the com- you comment below. Why? Why are they going after Joe Biden now? Maybe they're not. Maybe his lawyers are. His lawyers found the documents and handed them over. We then see Mike Pence's uh, lawyers do the exact same thing. What's this all about? Like, are they protecting Trump or something? Like, that's the only logical thing. You could be like, Biden came out and to be like, I am Spartacus, and then threw classified documents into the mix to confuse the issue. And then Mike Pence went, no, I am Spartacus, and throw his. I don't know what's, what's going on or why. Maybe after Trump got raided, you had the Biden lawyers, his aides, panicking saying they knew they had them too. And it's only a matter of time. So they better turn them over right away and hope they can preempt a scandal. Maybe they realized sooner or later, cows are coming home, baby. Rooster's coming home. And so giving them up now, getting ahead of the bad press may actually be better for you in the long run. Uh, The conspiracy theory is that they're trying to get rid of Joe Biden as a candidate, which doesn't make sense to me because they could just literally ask the guy and be like, hey, Joe, we think it's time you uh, retire and we're going to send in somebody else. But then part of me wonders, maybe they did. What if, what if the deep state goes to Joe Biden and says, we're going to go with Newsom. Thank you for what you've done. You're not going to run. And he was like, I'll, I'll look like an, like an idiot if I don't at least run. And they're going to be like, okay, dude, you're not hearing me. You're too old. We're over it. You're not running. And then Joe Biden's like, look, 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 come on, man. You know, I'm going to, well, I'm going to, I'm going to win. I'm going to win this one. And then they go, uh-oh. Biden thinks he's in charge again. Yeah. Joe Biden, president of these United States. 
And in all seriousness, maybe it's possible. Maybe Joe Biden told the intelligence agencies, no, I think I'm going to run in this. And we really do recommend against that. We want to bring in someone younger. Maybe it was Democrat Party leadership saying you can't. And Joe Biden said, trust me, I can do it. I'm going to do it. You can't tell me no. And they said, if you do this, we will get you removed. And he says, then do it. But I'm not going to be the one who, who concedes. But maybe that's, maybe that's it. Maybe it really is that simple. This is his out. We had talked about this in 2019, in 2020. Are they going to 25th Amendment Joe Biden? Claim that he's got some mental health issue or, or you know, bodily degradation and thus a panel would be convened. Remember when Nancy Pelosi convened that, uh, that group, the 25th Amendment Committee or whatever? Everybody said she's trying to use it on Donald Trump. He says, no, I'm not. And then people were like, you're right. It's for Joe Biden. They know that this crackpot old man wasn't going to last. So they needed a mechanism to remove him if they lost other powers, congressional power otherwise. So maybe that's where we are. Maybe what we're actually seeing is a political play where they're just saying this is Biden's out. Joe Biden's in on it. He doesn't want to just concede and say, I'm not going to run. He wants to go. I'll take the honorable approach. While I made the mistake of bringing those documents, I'm not like Trump. I cooperated and I'm recognizing that I should step down. Maybe that was the play from step one. But let's talk about what really matters. I don't know or care, whatever. Maybe he'll run in 2024. We will see. These are, these are just opinions of people in politics. But the real question is, how did Hunter Biden get access to this information? I mean, some of it we know he got access to. Why did he get it? How did he know about certain things that sound suspiciously like classified information? Well, he did claim to live at that address where those classified documents were sitting. But was that all? How much you want to bet Joe Biden shared information with his brother and son so they could profit off of everything? Think about it. Hey, we're going to be making some big moves in Ukraine. Tremendous opportunity if you own an energy company right now. Oh, surprise, surprise. Guess where they all get jobs? Right. That, my friends, that's the real question, I suppose. The challenge for us as we sit here wondering what's really happening is that we can only scratch the surface. For all I know that behind the scenes, the deep state is fighting a bunch of aliens and everything has something to do with uh, a, a, a metamaterial and a meteor called unobtainium and, or whatever. I'm kidding, but you get my point. If we don't have access to the information ourselves, we don't actually know why they're doing what they're doing, and they're certainly not going to tell us. And that's a problem. A problem for the American people who are supposed to be voting on leaders that they think are doing a good job. But if we can't know what they're doing, how can we know they're doing a good job? We can't, in fact, in which case we end up with bad leaders. And thus, simply put, I do not trust them. That's it. You can say all the nice things in the world you want about them. You can say the system is great, but no, I just don't trust any of these people. I don't know what their plans are. I don't know what they want to do. I just don't trust them. So they can come out and tell me everything they're doing is to save the world. And I just say, don't believe you. I don't. I think you're a liar. And I think you're just enriching yourself. Show me what's going on. Prove it to me. Make your argument. So far, they haven't done it. So you know what? No benefit of the doubt from me. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. Go check it out. We got three fun segments. And then, of course, Timcast IRL. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. Remember when uh, liberals 
and the left were concerned about massive multinational corporations and big pharma and were complaining about the cost of drugs. But now all of a sudden they're in complete defense of Pfizer, an organization that has been fined, what, to the tune of billions of dollars for what is described as criminal activities, I believe, reportedly. Let's not make sure to anger any lawyers here, but uh, I'll pull up the DOJ reports on this one. I love this story. Last week, We've got Project Veritas dropping this earth-shattering story. Bravo to Project Veritas. I, I, lo- I love what they're doing. I'm a big fan of Project Veritas. They, they, they get this guy in a candid situation, and he says several things. Okay? He says they're looking to, they're exploring mutating the virus so they can preemptively make vaccines. It's a cash cow, etc. When James O'Keefe confronts this guy, he then goes off. I was just lying, trying to get a date. Maybe, totally, maybe. I'm not, I'm not coming out here saying that Project Veritas met a guy in a parking garage at two in the morning who kicked over a manila envelope to him that he ran and opened up and he has the hard document saying Pfizer's doing gain of function research. I'm saying, why is it that you got a guy who does work there, a director, bragging about a thing they may do. That's it. That's all it is. 25 million views on this Project Veritas video. That's it. I ain't saying anything else. Neither is James. The media certainly is. They're saying, Does Pro- did Project Veritas prove Pfizer's mutating viruses? You see, that's a false question because Project Veritas isn't claiming that. Pro- Veritas is saying, we got a guy saying this. That is opening the door to ask these questions. Okay, okay. On to the, on to the ma- main story here. The media is going off the rails to try and poo-poo this story. I shouldn't say it like that because mostly they're not covering it. But a couple fact checks dropped where they're like asking that question. And it's a silly question because it's not the question that should be asked. The question that should be asked is, why did this guy say they do a thing they've been accused of doing? Okay. Maybe he was lying. He's a a gay man who's on a date with another man. And he's lying to this guy to try and uh, get laid. That's what some people have said. This man was bloviating so that he could try and get laid. Okay. Now, let me just add, in what reality does, does someone go on a date and be like, you want, you want, I, I know it'll impress you. You want to hear about all the corporate malfeasance I'm involved in? It's like, I, what? That's going to get you laid. I, you know what, man? Far be it for me to claim I know what goes through people's mind, go, go, what going through people's mind when they're trying to get some, you know what I'm saying? But um, the story that we have, is actually fairly interesting. Zachary Levi sparks Twitter controversy over claim that Pfizer is a danger to the world. Hardcore agree. People are tweeting at him. They're saying like, we need Mark Ruffalo to stage an intervention. Don't promote anti-vax. What? Okay, first of all, uh, Zachary Levi plays Shazam in uh, the Shazam movies. And we know that they brought James Gunn in for the DC movies and I guess he's firing everybody. So maybe maybe Zachary Levi is just like, I'm out. Don't care. Pfizer sucks. Dude, Zachary Levi is probably a liberal guy. He's probably been around for a long time. He probably remembers exactly like I do 10 years ago when everybody on the left was screaming that big pharma's bad. Now, all of a sudden, they're like, please don't insult our big pharma overlord, Zachary Levi. What's wrong? Are you kidding me? Now, to be fair... Zachary Levi retweeted a guy who claims to, or has a quote where it's like he's been accused of spreading anti-vax stuff. 
So they, they may be looking at that being like, don't retweet these people or whatever. But uh, I got the receipts, ladies and gentlemen. I got the receipts where Pfizer's been uh, accused of and pleaded guilty to a variety of things in which they've paid copious sums of money. I mean, some would describe this as a criminal organization. Or at the very least, I have a question. When a human being commits a serious crime, defrauding people, they go to prison. They cease to contribute to the economy. Let's say that you are a, um, I don't know, a baggage handler. There you go. And uh, you punch a guy in the face. You get arrested while you're in jail. You ain't handling no bags. That means you are removed from the equation. The work you do no longer plays a factor. Now, why is it when Pfizer gets criminally charged, they just keep on operating as if nothing happened? No. Shouldn't we put the corporation in jail? Shouldn't we be like, we are suspending operations? And don't give me no that, but people have jobs and people need money. It's not their fault, my guy, my friends. If you work for, a, if, if you work at a club and they're doing, and they're doing something illegal, they come and shut the club down. If you work at a dance club and they're selling drugs out the back door, they will shut down your club and everyone gets fired. Why does, does Pfizer get a special exemption? They do. You're a small business. You get the chopping block. They'll say, well, there's, there's just too many employees. It's too bad for you. People are going to lose their house. Well, maybe because we're unwilling to take action against massive multinational corporations that are committing crimes, they keep doing it. But let me show you what happens here. And shout out to Zachary Levi. He's going to be in that Shazam movie that's coming out. I think he did a great job. Chuck and Shazam star Zachary Levi brewed a social media storm after expressing his distrust from the pharmaceutical giant Pfizer in a tweet Sunday morning. The controversy began when Levi retweeted a question from Morehouse Group CEO Lyndon Wood, who questioned his followers, do you agree or not that Pfizer is a real danger to the world? Levi replied to the question, hardcore agree. You know what, Zachary? I think you do a big fan. You do a fantastic job as Shazam. I love those. I love that movie. I'm looking forward to the next one. And uh, you are correct. Agree. The brief comment stirred intense backlash from left-leaning Twitter accounts attacking the actor for disappointing them after supporting anti-vax propaganda. He didn't say anything about the vaccine. Are you nuts? There's other pharmaceutical companies that make vaccines. You know, these people are crazy. Look at this guy. Marcelo Soros says, okay, one less movie ticket to spend money on stupid. Blocked for disappointing nonsense. Are you kidding me? Suckling the tea to Pfizer of all companies? Max Kennerly says, for your own sake, please call Mark Ruffalo and beg him to help you understand how celebrities can be outspoken critics of corporate America, Big Pharma, and even Pfizer, specifically without paying into anti-vax propaganda. Dude literally didn't say anything about the vaccines. Okay. Huh? You weirdos. Matt Whalert. Mark Ruffalo, I know it's a DC and uh, I know it's, it is DC and Marvel, but could we do some sort of intervention? Rasmus says, here I was actually kind of excited for your movie, but nah, I'm not supporting you now. All right. Then now is the inverse. Jacob Barry says, glad to see Hollywood waking up. Dominic Richitello, ignore the comments from the morons. Huff says, plenty of physicians agree with you, bro. A couple of years, everybody, everybody will pretend they always mistrusted Pfizer. You know, I think that's correct. I think that's correct. Look at this guy, Miguel Lozada says, DCU PR team currently. And they're like, WTF did he just say? Maybe, maybe the real issue is that Zachary Levi knows he's fired anyway because they're, they're, they're getting rid of all this stuff. So this is Lyndon Wood. He says, do you agree or not that Pfizer is a real danger to the world? 4.1 million views of this tweet. Uh-oh. 
How many followers does Zachary Levi have? With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He's got 653000 Let's take a look at uh, his engagement to see, you know, what kind of... Oh, March 17th, Shazam, Fury of the Gods. I'm looking forward to that movie. I thought the first Shazam movie was awesome. It was a lot of fun. I kind of didn't like how they did the Shazam family thing. Like, everybody's got powers, but sure, fine, whatever. Just posted a photo. Oh, man, look at this. Look at this, Zachary Levi, with the slam dunk. Just one example of what I'm referring to. And uh, we got it, baby. Justice Department announces largest healthcare fraud settlement in its history. Pfizer to pay $2.3 billion for fraudulent marketing. 2009. Let me see. Is, is that, is that the, uh, what he tweeted? Yes, right. He tweeted the exact thing. Dude, bravo to Zachary Levi. Bravo. Bravo, bravo. Five times August says, and the same people responsible for this in 2009 are the same people in charge at Pfizer now. Here here. Dan McCoy says, that's not what people think about when they see Pfizer as dangerous and you know it. So what? So what, dude? People are going to think a whole lot of things. I don't know what they're thinking about. All I know is we can make statements that are true or our opinions that we believe are true. And then if someone's like, I thought you meant something different. It's like, well, dude, look, I tried. Like, I certainly think that we should try and be as clear as possible in conveying our ideas. So if you get some crackpot leftist who thinks the word white supremacy means like law and order, and someone says white supremacy is bad, you got to understand what they're saying. You can't just come out and be like, yeah, I agree. You know, like uh, the understanding a sane human being has when they think of white supremacy is like a Klan rally. Yeah, nope, no, we're not fans of that stuff. That's bad, okay? And people who think that because of their race, they're better than other people. Not nah, you're wrong. That's just stupid. Like, I cer- you know, I certainly think, and we talked about this on a Tim Cass IRL episode, certainly think that, uh, um, you know, genetic na- nature versus nurture, they have their places. But this, the, 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 these racists, nah, we're no fans of that. We're no fans of that. But of course, what the left is actually saying is rule of law. That's what they mean by white supremacy. They mean, and I'm not kidding, there's the Smithsonian thing said working hard, saving for the future, keeping a schedule. That's white supremacy. And I'm like, so you're literally advocating for what, like sleeping in late, not doing work and just getting instant gratification. That's what you think is, is white supremacy. They do. They do. So here's the point. We do want to try and be as clear as possible. But if Zachary Levi gives a little tiny tweet where he's just like, yeah, you know, here's what I'm saying, then that's it. Like, I mean, you can't just assume something totally different from what he's saying. These people live in a crackpot world where everyone's an anti-vaxxer and any criticism is anti-vax. And so when he comes out and says they're bad, everyone's like, you're talking about the vaccines. And he's like, I'm quite literally talking about this. He posts it. And then what do they say? Nobody thinks that's what you're talking about. And you know it. Oh, come on, dude. I don't think Zachary Levi is some anti-vaxxer crackpot. This is just so dumb. Let's talk about what Pfizer's on, on about. Actually, you know, let's do, let's do this. List of largest pharmaceutical settlements. Hey, how about this one? Here we go. 2012, GlaxoSmithKline. Hmm. $3 billion. 
criminal off-label promotion, failure to disclose safety data, civil paying kickbacks to physicians, making false and misleading statements concerning the safety of Avandia, reporting false best, false best prices, and underpaying rebates in the Medicaid, uh, Medicaid drug rebate program. Heavens mercy me. That's crazy. That's a crime. Crimes. Mercy. But it's GlaxoSmithKline. Fine. A Pfizer come in, coming in at a close second with $2.3 billion violations, off-label promotion and kickbacks. We then got Johnson & Johnson, who apparently didn't learn any lessons from the other uh, criminal uh, uh, fines. And 2013, $2.2 billion off-label promotion and kickbacks. 2012, man, these people don't learn any lessons, do they? Abbott Laboratories, off-label promotion. Eli Lilly, you got Tap Pharmacy. Oh, look at this, all of this money. Oh, heavens, there's so much AstraZeneca. This is just crazy. Why Pfizer in 2004 for off-label promotion? They didn't get it the first time. You find them $430 million and they go and do it again five years later. In fact, I'll tell you this. I bet they never stopped doing it. I bet you find them and they said, cost of business, mother, and we're going to keep doing it. Let me tell you all a story. I used to live in Lakeview, Wrigleyville in Chicago. Wrigleyville is where Wrigley Field is. And when the Cubs got a game to play, and the guys want to come out to boys to go watch a baseball game, they got to worry about parking. That's right. And so when you're driving in, what do you see? They got people waving, saying, parking here, parking here, 30 bucks. Unfortunately, some people, they don't want to show up on time. Maybe they got good seats and they don't care. But you know what? They show up and there's no parking. So do you know what they do? They park illegally. Why? Because the cost of a ticket is cheaper than the cost of parking. You get a $50 parking ticket and you're like, parking was going to cost me 30 bucks anyway. Might as well just park in front of a fire hydrant. Pay the city the 50 bucks because they don't tell you for this. If there's a fire, they smash out your windows and run the hose through your car. But there's probably not going to be a fire. People double park, put the blinkers on and then just think everything will be fine. People would, man, they would box my, my, my friends in. So annoying. This is the point. At every level. People have to weigh the cost of the penalties versus the cost of doing business. And if Pfizer was fined $430 million in 2004, here we go, right here, $430 million off-label promotion, they're probably thinking to themselves, okay, how much money did we make from this? Well, I got to be honest, the legal fees, the total cost of this was about $450 million net negative. But hey, the illegal criminal activity made us a billion dollars. There were these guys for a while. They sell these balance wristbands. You ever see those? And they do, with, they do something called the center of gravity illusion. It's a magic trick. It's a basic, basic children's magic trick. They sell you this plastic garbage and they tell you, wear it. It will improve your core strength and your balance because, because it's got, <clears throat> excuse me, ions in it that charge your body up. No fooling. So you go to the mall and they used to do this all over the place. This is like seven, eight years ago. And they'll say, stand on one leg and put your arms up. And what they do is they will push on your arm and you'll fall over. Well, surprise, surprise, you're standing on one leg that pushed you over. Then they'll say, now watch this, put the wristband on. You put on the wristband, you do the same thing. And now when they start pulling on your arm, they, they can't knock you over. Your balance is perfect. How could it be? Certainly, to the layman, 
that wristband must be uh, making you a lot stronger. Here's how it works in reality. If you tell someone, this is a metric you can do, um, try it. Tell someone to stand on one leg and put their arms out. And then whatever foot is lifted, that's the arm you want to put your hand on. And you want to push slightly down and to the right. This will topple them over very easily. Then take your majestic and magic. What is this one? Is this mammoth? Mammoth pen and say, this is magic powers. Hold it and then let them hold it. Then tell them to do the same thing. This time with the same arm, you push slightly inward into their center of gravity, into their core. And lo and behold, they will feel you pushing down, but they won't fall over. It's a slight angle change, pushing into their center of gravity. And that's the trick. Now, the reason I bring this up is that these companies kept getting fined by the FTC saying, you cannot do this. You're, you're defrauding people. But it was the company, not the individuals. So my understanding of this uh, back, because this is years ago, and I wasn't following the story too crazily, too heavily, because I, I saw them at a mall once and I was like, what is this? This is a trick. It's an, an illusion. They would get fined millions of dollars, but they already made 15. So they, they would say it's the cost of doing business. That's it. They'd say, OK, we made 15 million this year and we got fined 10, 5 million in the bank. Perfect. They would create a new version under a different name, under a different company and do the same thing. It's not, it's not just them. They do this kind of trash all the time because they don't shut down these companies. Or if they do, they pop back up and say cost of doing business until there are criminal charges. And I think, look, how much you want to bet there's five? Okay, no, no, there's just Pfizer in here twice. They don't learn their lesson, I guess. That's the, that's the amazing reality. Here we go. Justice Department, largest ever healthcare fine. Then we got this one. Pfizer pleads guilty, but drug sales continue to soar. It's incredible, man. Pfizer, the world's largest drug maker, pleaded guilty on the 13th of May to numerous civil and criminal charges. This is off-label use of gabapentin. Was this, was this what they did in 2004? Is that where we, uh, let me see. Nope. That was Neurontin. Apparently they did it twice in one year. The only reason we don't see that other story on this list is because the fine was a lot less. It's amazing. Look at that. Vaccine hesitancy is listed in the same, in the same page on Wikipedia's list of largest pharmaceutical settlements. Pfizer's 2.3 billion, 3.5 billion equivalent Settlement uh, including a record-breaking $1.3 billion criminal fine. Amazing. One of the largest fines ever. So uh, Zachary Levi is a correct individual. Pfizer pleads guilty. May 22nd, 2004. Here's my proposal. Here's my proposal. At these companies, when they engage in this, you find them criminally and civilly, pay restitution to the victims and uh, whatever that may be. And then the individuals that signed off on the criminal action should be incarcerated. Now, maybe that was the case, I guess, in this, but I, I, I don't think that they uh, actually put anybody in prison over this stuff. They just pay the fines. And then it ends up being just like, oh, well, you know, we didn't know it was an accident. Oh, it's one big machine. You know, no, 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 no individual really signs off on this. It's just a bunch of different people and it all adds up. In which case, we cannot permit these massive corporate entities to commit crimes that we all agree are crimes and then say, 
Well, keep keep doing your thing. I think when Pfizer is charged criminally, they should be incarcerated. Sorry. And if you work for a criminal institution, that's your problem. I don't care. I mean it. Innocent until proven guilty. The charges can be levied against any corporation, Pfizer or otherwise. You get your day in court. If convicted, we say we're putting a three-year suspension on operations for this company. And they'll say, but that will destroy us. Yet three years in prison would destroy any person too. But what about the economy? You see, that's the problem. And this is the truth about this country and the world that y'all need to understand. There are people who commit crimes and then for some reason they don't go to prison. Why? CEOs, executives, the judge has to weigh the economic damage to a town. Imagine there's a city and they have one big factory and it's, it employs 300 people in that town. And then an executive at this company, uh, you know, drives drunk. There, I guarantee you, when the judge is, is considering this, they're going to have lobbyists being like, if this man gets locked up, the entire town is dead and you know it. And they say, I know, I know. Fine. And they'll say, you seem remorseful, sir. We're going to give you only probation for this one. Don't do it again. But if you're poor and you don't matter, then you're a threat to these companies. And that's when the judge says, how dare you in my town? Bangs the gavel. Everybody knows. That's, the, that's just how it goes. Everybody know, knows the, the dice is loaded. Everybody knows the, 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 the fight was fixed. There's logic behind it. Can we shut down one of the largest corporations in the world, employing probably hundreds of thousands of people? How many, that could destroy the economy completely. But it's an insane prospect that these companies, these massive pharmaceutical companies, can break our laws and suffer no consequences. Hopefully the billion dollar fines were enough. Hopefully the stock, the shareholders, stockholders get really, really angry. And then there's some leadership change, but apparently there isn't. They say, well, you know, cost of doing business. In fact, I'm willing to bet they go to their shareholders and say, well, we were fined $2.3 billion for criminal actions. Just know that we made $3.5 billion because of it. So it's a net profit. We consider that the cost of doing business. Congratulations. You made money. And then who's going to complain? Yeah, no, we can't function like that. Shout out to Zachary Levi for this one. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. By now, most of you already know what happened to Tyree Nichols. Maybe you've seen the body camera footage. Now, of course, you're going to get from the corporate press, from the leftist media, from activist groups, this sob story about an innocent man who was mercilessly beaten to death. And that story's mostly true. Mostly true. I say mostly because if you watch the body camera footage, you can certainly see five police officers, all of whom are black, mercilessly beating another black man to death. He died a couple days later. And the reason I say mostly is because I'm not here to whitewash anything or to, to tell you about the world of Skittles and Rainbows or of the dark evils of the police. I'm here to tell you about the reality and the nuance, and that is Tyree Nichols resisted arrest. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The police then went nuts and went overboard. And of course, they should be criminally charged. At least from what I understand of the video so far, I can't, after watching everything, make any argument you want, like with George Floyd kicking and saying, put me on the ground. And then that's, that's a complicated question. With Tyree Nichols, they pull him out of the car yelling at him. They say, get on the ground. And he resists. They finally get him on the ground. He like, he's like not actively resist. Well, he's not aggressively resisting. He's resisting. He's like, I'm on the ground. They're like, lay down. He's like, I'm, I'm laying down. He's on his shoulder. Get in your stomach. He's like, oh, I'm on the ground. It's like, no, 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 dude, lay down, hands behind your back. I don't know exactly why they, why they pulled this man over. Then in the video, he gets up and he runs. He, he, he fights with the cops. He runs for it. They chase after him, knock him to the ground. He continues resisting. They pepper spray him. He continues resisting. And then they go nuts. They pick him up. They cuff him. And they just, they take shots at his face. And yeah, way overboard. But there are questions right now, rumors. How did this happen? Some suggest that these cops are just a, uh, I think, what did Van Jones say? That it was all racism. It's all, it's all racism, their perception and all that stuff. And uh, internalized white supremacy, whatever they want to call it, that's a cop out. Just blame your stupid ideological uh, enemies, I suppose. No. Some say that these cops, the story from the Post Millennial, Memphis PD dramatically lowered standards before hiring officers charged in Tyree Nichols' death. And right now, there's a viral rumor that these officers were members of a uh, well known gang, the Vice Lords. We know all about the Vice Lords growing up in Chicago. You've heard me say I grew up in Chicago, what, 800,000 times at this point? But uh, we're familiar. Um, I've never had any crossings with any of these gang members. Where we were, it was the Popes, Latin Kings, and uh, there were a bunch of others. Strangely, a lot of these gangs used like Catholic names for some reason, like the Disciples, the Apostles, the Choir Boys. I'm kidding, there's no Choir Boys. That was a joke my friend made up. But uh, uh, some people think, because of this viral tweet, that they may have been members of a gang. I've not seen any evidence to say that's true. But it does bring up an interesting question because the theory is this. I should say the hypothesis. When the city starts firing people, when Black Lives Matter basically comes out and they protest and they say defund the police, you know what makes a lot of sense? Is these gang members would be like, yo, go join the police. They'll let you in. We can get away with anything. And that's what people believe. I do not know that's true. I don't know if there's any actual evidence to support that other than a tweet saying we heard a rumor. And it may just be that, a rumor. And there may be members of the Vice Lord gang being like, don't put that on us. We had nothing to do with what these guys did. You know, because I, I, I'll tell you, this wasn't gang violence. This was a guy resisted and the cops beat him to death. Like, I, I don't, you know, I don't, people wanted to be like it was a gang thing. And I'm like, you watch the body camera footage, and I don't, I don't know that that makes sense. Like, the idea is that rival gangs are attacking other gang members, or that the cops are in the gang, so they're using the badge to go after their enemies. I mean, that's a really great story. I've not seen any evidence so far to back it up. And based on the body camera footage, I don't think that's why they, they beat Tyree Nichols to death. But the post does report on how they lowered their standards. So this is the result of defund the police. This is the result of the attack on the police. I'm sorry, this is reality. This was not a case of white supremacy. This was five black cops beating a black man to death. 
And of course, they're already trying to claim it's white supremacy. Okay, dude, this is your fault. You go after the police and say, disband them, defund them and all that stuff. I say accountability. I say probably need more funding for training, probably need more police officers, probably need community intervention units, more money, not less. Fix the machine. Don't burn it to the ground because then you'll get this. But they cause the problem. Then they complain. We were right the whole time. No, dude, we hired these cops because you called this out. Now look where we are. Postmonial reports. At least two of the five Memphis, Tennessee officers charged with the murder of Tyree Nichols were hired by the department after they dramatically loosened the requirements due to low application rates. According to an NBC News report, Darius Bean, Demetrius Haley, Emmett Martin III, Desmond Mills Jr., and Justin Smith all had been Memphis Police Department officers for just a few years when the fatal beating of the 29-year-old father occurred on January 7th. Bean and Haley in particular have only been on the force since August of 2020 after the department lowered the education standards. As Action 5 News reported, MPD recruits no longer needed an associate's degree or 54 college credit hours and could just get by with only five years of work experience. In 2021 and 22, recruitment was struggling so badly that the department offered $15,000 signing bonuses. Last year, the department also reportedly lowered the fitness requirements, doing away with a timed physical ability test. Oh, this is, this is very great. Have a bunch of sluggish officers, offer them a ton of money, And uh, I don't know if I care about college, to be completely honest. The department even offered waivers for felons to join the force, according to the New York Post. Haley, in particular, has a troubled past that seems to have been overlooked by MPD in the hiring process. As NBC reports, he was accused of taking part in the beating of an inmate named Cordarius Sledge about eight years ago when he worked as a corrections officer for the Shelby County Corrections Department. In a 2016 lawsuit filed in the U.S. District Court for, uh, for Western Tennessee, Haley was accused of punching Sledge in the face while another officer slammed him face first into the sink. After that, I blacked out, the inmate said in the suit, which was dismissed in 2018 after Sledge was unable to complete the paperwork due to being in federal custody. A local news report from 2021 praised efforts by the department to recruit more people of color due to their purported likelihood to use force far less frequently than white male officers. Very interesting. Despite all this, all five officers charged are black as well as the victim, while the other officers involved in the death of Nichols were recruited prior to the drop in standards in and after 2020. None had been on the force for longer than six years. Before the disturbing body camera and surveillance footage of the altercation between the officers and the victim was released, the five suspects were fired after they were found to have violated department policy on the use of force. On Thursday, they were formally charged with second-degree murder, two counts of official misconduct, two counts of aggravated kidnapping, one count of official oppression, and one count of aggravated assault. So here's the tweet that's going viral. Lauren Witzke says, We are investigating a tip that three of the five officers in the Memphis PD beating of Tyree Nichols were members of the Vice Lord's gang and under their direction. Other gang-directed beatings were reportedly found on their phones. Recordings as proof of carrying out the beatings. This is just a tweet. People, they're not always correct. And Lauren Witzke, I would say, is simply investigating a tip. Honestly, 
That would not enter like our standards at Timcast for our newsroom. We would not run. We got a tip. Sorry. We get tips all the time. Someone could call and be like, I got a tip. I heard that, you know, Luke Rutkowski did a backflip. And I'd be like, you heard it. You got a video. You got a photo. Because otherwise, I'm not going to tell people that he might have done something, says some random person. Here's what you need to understand about this. Lauren Witzke, do you trust her? That's fine. Do you trust the person she's talking to? Oh, you don't know the person she's talking to. Does she trust the person she's, person she's talking to? We don't know. When the New York Times comes out and says Donald Trump is planning on doing a backflip, so say people with knowledge of his actions or whatever, I'm like, I don't know you or why I should trust you. And I don't know who you're talking about. So we're talking about two degrees of separation of I don't know or trust you. Now, I'm not saying I I am uh, 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 um, calling out the integrity of Lauren Whiskey. I don't know. I just don't know if I should trust the person she's talking to. Where's this source coming from? She says, according to our source, they somehow were hired because the standards have dropped since police departments have had a hard time hiring due to BLM involvement. I'm sorry, BLM movement. All the cops involved have been with Memphis PD two to five years each, which coincides with the exodus of white cops and the city's stated push to hire majority exclusively black officers. Now, now why? I don't, I don't get this. Why anyone does this? But that's what the woke people want. They say outright, you know what? Racial segregation. There you go. Update. Allegedly, there's a bonding company in Chattanooga that many believe is financially backed by the vice lords. Huge bonds are being made by this one company for this certain gang. They, they have members working as jail officers as well. It seems they have people everywhere. She then goes on to mention this Fox 13 article. Memphis police was struggling to find officers as recently as 2021. Standards were lax in order to meet their desired 2,500 officer quota. But that doesn't mean they're members of a gang. She says, not only did Mayor Strickland reduce the qualifications to become an officer at the Memphis PD, the academy was directly told not to fail anyone out due to their desperate need for officers. They were literally letting anyone in. Watch the body camera footage, and I think any reasonable person would say that was not a gang beating. A gang beating would be them going, what's up, Tyree? Out of the car. And he'd be like, oh, it's you guys. Some people have uh, said the rumor was that Tyree was banging one of the dude's wife. Watch the body camera footage. That doesn't make sense. Simple solution. They pull the guy over. He resists. They get angry. He fights back and flees. They chase him down. They get angry. They go off. That's it. You know, looking at all of this, I find myself leaning towards Ben Crump. The George Floyd stuff is nuanced. There's an argument to be made. The Ahmed Arbery stuff, I think, was an egregious violation of justice. And, and, and for those that don't know, and for those that do, bear with me. Ahmed Arbery was not a jogger. He was a suspect in a felony burglary charge, for a felony burglary charge, in a felony burglary case. He is on camera committing felony burglary. Well, I just keep it simple. He was. The police went around saying, have you seen this man? And the uh, uh, McMichaels chased after him. They should not have. Ahmed Arbery flanks around the truck fights Travis McMichael for his gun. It goes off. He takes a hit. He dies. There's no lynching. They did not chase down a jogger and kill him. That's not how it happened. You can argue a manslaughter charge or something and say they weren't supposed to chase after him, but they did have a citizen's arrest law on their side. The judge just didn't give clear instructions to the jury. It's a complicated thing. Now I'll tell you about this story. I watched the body camera footage. I watched surveillance footage and I'm just like, nah, these cops are bad. End of story. Cops are bad. Spike Cohen, 
He says, the five cops who murdered Tyree Nichols are rumored to be part of a powerful nationwide gang network that uses violence to enforce its turf against anyone who would oppose them. We already know they are. Whoa. Spike, is this a confirmation? He says, we're just waiting to see if they're also in the Vice Lords. <laughs> oh, that was brilliant. That was brilliant. Um, he's saying the cops are a gang. But you know what, my friends? That's exactly the point. They are. Now, look, you go into the suburbs, you find some good cops. All right, you go to small towns, you find some good cops. Even in the cities, you find some good cops. I'll draw that distinction. Italics on some. In the smaller towns and places like I'm at, the departments are so small, you can actually know all the cops. And they're good dudes. I mean, fairly moderate politically. You know, they, they've worked with us. They've tried to solve things. They're just not wizards. In the big cities, it's a bit more callous. These cops are like, don't know you, don't care, out of my way. Now you're dealing with a place like Memphis, decently large enough town. You got a bunch of cops. You got them desperately hiring anybody. You got some people who have no tact, can't control their tempers. And they go off and they beat a guy to death. I think the fact that, you know, look, here's the, here's the issue. This is it. Tyree Nichols should not have resisted arrest. You're not going to win. Let me, let me put it this way. You got five guys pinning you down. They all have guns and they're pointing a taser on you and they're saying, don't move. What do you do? It's a, it's a fair question, to be completely honest, like whether a cop or otherwise. Let me, let, me, let me know what you think in the comments. You got five random guys, plain clothes, regular guys. They're, they all got guns. They throw you to the ground. They say, just, they say, get in your stomach and don't move. You going to fight them? Maybe. Who knows? You know, because they say, when I was reading about getting kidnapped, they say, do not let them take you to that location under any circumstances when you're being kidnapped by somebody. I don't know exactly because sometimes there's express kidnappings where they drive you to an ATM and say, take out the max and then we'll, we'll, we'll leave you somewhere. The funniest stories I heard is that in, um, in Venezuela, what they do is they'll, they'll kidnap you. They'll say, okay, we're going to drive you to an ATM. You're going to take out as much money as possible. Then they bring you back in the car and they say, okay, where can we drop you off? And then they'll give you a ride. Like, no joke. I, like one guy was saying like, he gets, they, 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 they grab him at an ATM when he pulled out cash, bring him in the car. They say, give us your wallet, give us your money, give us your phone. And where would you like a ride to? And he goes, oh, I live just outside this neighborhood. Like, all right, we got you, man. And then they drop him off and he was like, all right, bye, later. Like, <laughs> he got kidnapped. But anyway, my understanding is they say like, fight like hell if you're being kidnapped. Now, what if it's the police? You see, there's different contexts. If Tyree Nichols doesn't view the police as legitimate, he does view them as a gang because the city's been falling apart and they've been hiring a bunch of ran like random people to be cops who don't clearly express legitimate authority, he might be thinking, I know these cops aren't legit. So what do you do? I'll tell you, I do believe, and maybe people don't want to hear it, Tyree Nichols would be alive if he simply got out of the car, said, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, yes. Yes, sir. Got on his stomach, put his hands behind his back. He didn't. He resisted. He fought. He fled. They chased him. They pinned him down and they went nuts. I'm not saying these cops are good guys. I am not saying they're justified. I'm saying when you're dealing with a bear, a grizzly bear, do you scream at it and throw rocks at it? Or do you slowly back away while talking?
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It depends on the bear, I guess. They say black bear is supposed to fight. Grizzly bear, you're supposed to uh, get on the ground and cover your, cover your back and neck. But do you charge the grizzly bear? Do you fight back or do you get away from it? And depending on, you know, uh, I've seen a bunch of different, I'm not going to tell you exactly how you're supposed to deal with the bear because I don't know. But the video I watched is the guy slowly backing up with his gun, talking, saying, okay, okay, okay. And he's slowly backing away and say, you may be near the bear's babies. So what do you do? Do you say, screw you, bear. You're not going to tell me what to do. Or do you say, I'm getting away from this bear. We should not be in a society where you have to fear the police in that way. But you know, these cops are being criminally charged. It is what it is. But I do believe Tyree Nichols would be alive if he just got on the ground. I don't think they would have mercilessly beaten to death if he was just like, yes, sir. Sorry, sir. Who knows what would have happened? Maybe these are bad cops. I don't know. But I don't think he knew him. I really don't. So one thing that's, that's, that's happening that's real big right now is they're saying Tyree Nichols was a skateboarder. And I checked. And Tyree Nichols was a skateboarder. And that makes this much more interesting. I don't think it was gang related. I don't think they knew him. I don't think he was beat and he was banging the guy's wife. I think he resisted and these were bad cops and they beat him to death for it. That's it. And now they're going to go to jail. I know skateboarders, but here's what I think. Why did Tyree Nichols resist arrest and run? I bet he had drugs on him. I bet he had some kind of drugs on him. Dude, I'm not trying to impugn his honor or integrity, but if you want to come out and you want to be like, he was a skateboarder. I'm going to be like, I'm a skateboarder. I've been skateboarding my whole life. I can tell you this, skateboarders do drugs. I don't know. Maybe that's it. The people I know, the people I know who skateboard tend not to be people who own businesses. They tend, like a lot of people I know are like, I'll work whatever job I have to so that I can hang out and skate. And of course there are pros there are industry pros who are like working in magazines or clothing companies. And no, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like skateboarders are all degenerates or anything like that. But watching this video, why did he flee? He's thinking resisting arrest and running is going to be a lot less of a charge than being found with, you know, insert drug. And a lot of people think that way. You're a guy who gets pulled over and you got some, you know, coke on you. I mean, that's a heavy charge. Some places have minimums. Maybe you're looking at three to five years. You resist arrest and flee a traffic stop? Come on. They might give you probation, get a few months, resisting arrest and fleeing. They'll, they'll try and charge you with a bunch of stuff and you'll plea it down. You ain't pleading down that cocaine charge. That's why I think a lot of people often resist and people should consider that. Maybe you're like, all I got to do is run away and I can chuck it in the woods and then they'll get me on resisting arrest and I'll say, I was scared, I was scared. You know, he's yelling mom. He's yelling mom. By the time in the video when he's yelling mom, they weren't mercilessly beating him. They pinned him to the ground. They pepper spray him. He's like, okay, okay. All right. Okay. So I'm wondering this. And I'm allowed to speculate. Did he flee and resist and get out of the car so that he could ditch something? And then they got him down. He's like, all right, 
But then the cops were psychopaths who beat him to death. That may be it. Well, I say he wants to, they, they, his mom wants to build a skate park. I'm not saying, look, Tyree Nichols should be alive. Okay, I don't even know why they pulled him over. These cops are bad cops and they should be charged with whatever they're being charged with. I'm just talking about the nuance and trying to understand the context of what happened and why it happened. So I don't know for sure. Okay. I don't know that he was a bad guy. I watched the video of him skating, man. It breaks my heart. It brings a tear to my eye. Even if he had drugs, I'm, I'm libertarian in that regard. I don't care if he does. I'm not saying he did. He should not have resisted arrest, but maybe that's what he was worried about. I don't know. I watched him play a game of skate with his buddy and uh, he was not bad. Not the best skater in the world. I watched his skate video. He kicked flipped like a big six. That means he jumped off of a large stair set. The board flipped under him one time and then he landed back on it. Not bad. He did a, a pretty good heel flip. That's basically the same thing. Off a stair set, he jumps in the air. His heel goes forward, causing it to flip, lands back on it, rides away on the board. Now, this guy should be alive. And I'm glad people are donating to this because, you know, my attitude is, Resisting arrest shouldn't be a death sentence. A traffic stop shouldn't be a death sentence. Cities should not be burning uh, through. Uh, they, they should not be destroying these police departments. But they've created an environment where nobody wants to be a cop, except for some of the worst of the worst. And this is what you'll get. And herein lies the problem. The left will say the cops are bad. We say, OK, fine. Now nobody wants to be a cop. Now you hire low quality people and they say, see, we told you the cops are bad. We have to do the opposite Okay, when the cops are bad, you spend more money on them. You get more training. You get more certifications. You get more requirements. You get more insurance. Whatever it takes, man. I recommend you guys watch those videos of Tyree. He was a skateboarder. He did a front 50 uh, on a quarter pipe revert. I'm like, that's pretty good. You know, this is from uh, 13 years ago. He was skating. I think it was 13 years ago. So that would make him like 16 years old in these skate videos. They're playing skate. Barracks Rules. Barracks is a famous skate company uh, website. They do the Rochambeau. Rock, paper, scissors. Seal goes first. Did some tricks. And here's a dude who could probably be skating here. Except that they pulled him over and they decided that because he resisted, they should beat him to death. So these cops can go to prison for all I care. You get someone subdued. Look, man, if you're a cop, you're going to deal with some. Let's just call them jerks. People are going to resist. Charge them with resisting. But these cops were bad, man. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Elijah Schaefer asks, how did one of the largest egg production plants burn down during a national egg shortage? Coffee maker got left on. Uh, old hair dryer that someone was using in a bathroom got left on or shorted. I mean, I got to be honest, man, it's uh, fires happen. They really do. I remember talking to my dad who's a firefighter about, um, I think it was a mosque that caught fire. And the, these, these leftists were claiming it was, it was white supremacy or whatever. And, you know, I called my dad and asked like, what, what, would, what would cause a building to burn out? Like, what's more likely? He's like, oh, a coffee maker left on? That happens all the time. And then you can actually see where the fire started when you look at the, the wreckage of the building. The reason this is alarming, however, you know, Elijah Schaefer asks, how did it burn down? It's not necessarily a question of like literally how did it burn down or shock that it's impossible. It's how could we let this happen? We have a major egg shortage right now. Many people are concerned this will lead to a 
further food shortage. Because the way it works is you got chickens, you feed the chickens, chickens lay eggs, you take the eggs, the eggs get sent off to manufacturing plants where the eggs are used for a whole bunch of other things, which means eggs are, what do you, what do you call it? It's like, a, it's like the bottom of the food processing chain. They're a large pillar of it. We make our cakes, our custards, you know, other baked goods all use eggs. And if there's an egg shortage, everything afterwards, it's knocked out. So that lemon meringue pie you're so excited about, that's going to be gone too. Or the price is going to skyrocket because it's hard to get eggs. So the question here is not so much, how could it have happened? Well, the answer is simple. I mean, someone left the coffee maker on. The real question is, how could we let it happen? Because I tell you, my friends, I hope you're ready. It's about to get a whole lot worse. Here's interesting. This whole story with the fires and the, and the food shortage and the egg shortage, it's bringing up this, the stories like this. This is, this is my Patriot Supply. Here are the 20 plus food facilities that have burned in 2022. So here's what I want to say. Head over to safeandreadymeals.com. This is a sponsored spot. I haven't done one in a few months. Safeandreadymeals.com. Tim Pool fans save 50 bucks, they say. And you get these emergency food bucket essentials. They, they can stay fresh for up to 25 years. It looks like the prices have come down a little bit. One month supply kit is only $179.99. So I think things have, have improved to a certain degree. Look, get it or don't, do your thing. I, I do some shout outs from safeandreadymeals.com so that uh, you guys can have some emergency food. We have a bunch. It probably wouldn't last us forever. We just have enough for like the crew for a little while in the event of an emergency. I always say it this way. You have a first aid kit. Do you know where it is right now? You should probably find out. But we all have one. How often do we use it? That's why I say, you know, people typically don't know where it is. But in terms of your emergency food, do you have any food or water for an emergency? Sometimes the roads get closed. Sometimes it rains. Sometimes it blizzards. So consider it. SafeandReadyMeals.com. I don't know if we're going to get to the point where the egg shortage gets so bad that we reach apocalyptic fighting in the street over the last can of beans level of chaotic. But uh, I'd recommend you be prepared because it's the preppers who are laughing right now. I don't know if you saw that video I did last week about the, uh, is a, a young woman left Seattle and then started, became a prepper, 23 year old urban liberal woman now doing canning and jarring. And Facebook says you're an extremist. Well, my friends, look, maybe you don't want to buy emergency food and do your thing. You know, you don't got to live the way I do. America's egg shortage is about to get a whole lot worse. They say the largest global bird flu outbreak in recorded history has combined with increased costs of fuel, feed, and packaging to create a national egg shortage that's about to become worse. And guess what? This also means chicken. The the egg laying, there's also chickens. Okay, look, the bird flu, I'm not saying that the same place where they make the eggs is where they harvest the chickens. I I don't know if they you know, after the chicken lays a certain amount of eggs, do they kill a chicken and make chicken nuggets out of it? I'm not sure how that works. I can tell you this. Bird flu means no eggs, no chicken. So you know what the worst thing is? You like pod thai? You're done. No more chicken pod thai. I always thought it was funny that chicken pod thai, it's got like chicken in it and egg. And it's like the, <laughs> I'll, I'll stop there. It's just, you know, the, the pre-born chicken and the adult chicken mashed together. But uh, to be fair, in Thailand, they don't put chicken in their pod thai. It's just, I think, shrimp. But anyway, Newsweek says eggs are a staple that for decades have easily and relatively cheaply been purchased from grocery stores and stocked in kitchens. But they become increasingly hard to come by or way more expensive in recent months. 
In some stores across the U.S., customers are limited in the amount of egg cartons they can buy. And let me tell you, my friends, you want to know who's not facing an egg shortage? This guy right here. That's right. Because we have Chicken City. Oh, you don't watch Chicken City? (laughs) You're missing out. Take a look at this. These little little gold factories. You see these little little bird. Well, it's a little bright, little overexposed here. But we got Roberto Jr. He's doing rooster stuff over there. You see, I put up a billboard for Roberto Jr. up in Times Square. We got this. These little chickens have a nice little drink of water. I don't know what this one's doing, singing its butt up. This one looks like either uh, Maggie, maybe Maggie, Margaret's daughter. Have a little drink of water from that dirty bucket. That's gross. And you got the chickens. If you go to chickencitylive.com, you can feed the chickens. Now, here's the best part. They lay eggs. And we've got like 30 of them. And I've been telling you, get out of the city and get chickens And who was wrong about that? Not me. Not me. I may have been wrong about some things. I may be wrong often. But this time I was right. Those of you that listened to me went out and got chickens for your backyard. Guess who still has eggs? Every day you wake up, you got what? Six chickens? Boom. Six eggs right there. Fresh breakfast for the family. And those of you who said, I don't need no chickens, or unfortunately said, it's illegal to own them where I live. I'm sorry, but you're going to have to go wanting, and you will have no eggs, and you will have no breakfast, unless you eat bacon, because I guess bacon's still around. But anyway, I digress. I say one of the reasons behind the sudden shortage is the outbreak of bird flu. Starting last year, has killed millions of the birds in dozens of countries around the world, including poultry and wild birds. I'm sorry, dude. Like, I got to be honest. I find it hard to believe. I'm not saying I disbelieve it. I'm just saying, you seriously? You're saying a bird flu hit... Everybody in the world, what is someone doing? Coming out and spritzing factories with bird flu? What are they doing? Trading chickens like Pokemon? Like one guy's like, I got this chicken. He's like, I got this chicken. I also have a chicken. And then they trade them all and all of a sudden they all get bird flu? My chickens are fit as fiddles. They're doing great. Romping around doing chicken stuff. You just don't, I don't, you don't even do anything. Make sure they have water and your food. And then they just, you know, make eggs. Roberto Jr. yells a lot. And then we get eggs in the morning. Yo, I will say, though, this is funny. We had like 180 eggs in cartons stacked up on the counter because we're getting like 20 eggs per day. Okay, and uh, I'm telling people like, guys, you got to eat these eggs, man. Maybe we should sell them. The fruits of Chicken City promotional product. We mostly just eat them. They're all gone. So I usually take a carton. Carton goes in about a week or two. It's 18, 18 egg carton. One and a half dozens. And uh, I come in to work today, and on the counter, nothing. There's, I think, 18 eggs. And it's little ones, because all the big ones are gone. And I'm thinking to myself, yo, that's how you know the egg shortage is legit, because a lot of people will just buy the eggs from the grocery store, like the organic brown ones. And I'm telling them, like, guys, you can take a carton of eggs. I don't, like, we need, we need to eat them. And they usually get eaten, but we just stack up so many. Now they're all gone. I'm like, damn, did everybody grab some of these eggs? Well, you know what? You know, that's being self-sufficient. The perks of working at TimCast is that you can take a carton of eggs, first come, first serve. Take some eggs. You know what you can even do while you're working here? You can crack some fresh eggs, fry them up in the pan, have some food right there on the spot. We provide. We do. They're going to mention supply chain disruption has also played a part in the current national shortage, as has inflation and the increased cost of gasoline. And you know what's funny? Is that when I point out Biden policies and Democrat policies, I get these Democrats being like, you know it's a bird fluid, you're lying. I'm like, dude, I know there's a bird flu. 
But it's not just the bird flu. It's all of their policies leading to increased costs across the board. It's everything. I do want to give a shout out here, though. Bravo. As egg prices soar, farmers inundated with people looking for backyard chickens. Perhaps this is the true business to be in. Perhaps we should, you know, give out chickens to people as like membership awards. You know, Stephen Crowder's got a mug club. We'll make chicken club. We'll give you a chicken. We don't have enough chickens to give out for everybody who's a member because we have tens of thousands, but we've got like 30 chickens. We can't do that. We can't do that. I'm not giving out chickens. Um, but no, uh, the people who got backyard chickens, yo, um, I, I, they, they, uh, they're better off. They are. And so, I mean, in all seriousness, all jokes aside, you know, maybe consider picking up some emergency food if you want or not do whatever you want. But seriously, I hope you all pay attention to this because it's going to get more expensive and eggs stopping and chicken stopping means up the line, it's going to get bad. During the last chicken shortage, I went to, uh, uh, where did I go? I went to BJ's brew house. Yeah, I, I was talking about that. They have the Pazuki thing. No more of those. It's all sugar. But uh, they didn't have any wings. I was like, I'd like to get some wings. Like, we don't have any. And I was like, how do you not have wings? They said, we have thighs. I said, okay, how does that happen? Where did the wings go? You have the thighs? The chickens certainly existed. And I guess they said, typically, you know, restaurants don't buy the thighs. They go to grocery stores, but they were able to, you know, send those to us. And I guess the wings went to grocery stores, strangely enough. Look, I can't tell you where we're headed from here. I can tell you that Jokes aside, get ready. Nothing may happen, but chance favors the prepared. So if you can leave the city and get chickens, you'll be much better off. And they're hilarious. I mean, just look at this. You can, chicken city. It's Miss, is that Sarah Avenberg right there? She's too bright. She's a white chicken. She's drinking the water and reflecting the sunlight right now. That looks like Sarah Avenberg. I'm not sure. It might be one of Sarah's daughters, actually. I think Sarah's bigger, but she's, she's just drinking the water. She's having a good old time. Look at that. Look at Roberto Jr. He's doing, a, he's doing a dirt bath. The chickens, they lay in the dirt and they shake around and the dirt flies in the air. You will not regret it. All right, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. I saw this video posted by our friends over at Clown World on Twitter. Give them a follow if you haven't. I like this account. They're always posting funny videos. Clown World underscore on Twitter. Animal rights protesters trespassed onto a duck farm chained their necks to the slaughter line. Then suddenly the machine switched back on and started to move while they were still attached. The only reason, to be honest, that this story is actually funny is that nobody got hurt. A guy almost got hurt, went to the hospital. He's fine. He says he want, He said he wanted to press charges. The story's actually old. It's from 2019. But, uh, you know, seeing that it's going viral now, I definitely wanted to address it. And people are talking about it and give you the context as to what it is. And then, oh boy, do I really want to talk about this one? Uh, I have some advice. Uh, it's simple advice. And that advice is do not chain your neck to a slaughter line. So apparently what happened, just so I don't bury the lead here, the, the switch to turn on the slaughter line is outside. An employee did not know people broke into the building, chained their necks to it and turned it on apparently as his routine. The activists claimed that the guy, the employee was angry for them trespassing and he turned it on on purpose. I got to be honest, man. I just don't believe it. Like, I don't think, look, my opinion, my view on this is that it is more likely if someone, if these people came in to the chicken place. The employees would be like, I don't know. Like, what do I do? 
Like, why, why, would I, why would I care? Like, imagine working at a Baskin Robbins and someone comes in and starts screaming and like chains themselves to the ice cream machine so you can't open it. Are you going to be like, how dare you? And I'm going to turn the freezer on on you. Some people might, but I think for the most part, people, the employees are going to be like, okay, I guess. What do you do? Do you call the police? I really doubt the employee was like, ooh, I'm going to show these guys. Hits the button. Like, you kill a guy? No, I don't think anybody wanted to, to murder these activists because they were being dumb. I think you chain your neck to a slaughter line that is intended to slaughter ducks. And this might actually happen to you. Let me, uh, I can, I can, they filmed it too, which is, I think, honestly, I would not be surprised if the whole thing turned out to be a publicity stunt. So let me play. They, they have this. Uh, we are here at the Riker uh, Duck Farm. You can see on the gate. Talking they have a bit about it. I'm not going to show you. There's nothing graphic in it. Nobody got hurt. Area. Area. Sure but on Monday, a group of protesters who were trying to rescue animals entered anyway. And as you'll see in a moment, what they did was most certainly at their own risk. Video sent to ABC7 by activist group Direct Action Everywhere shows terrified protesters crying out for help as a duck slaughter processing line that they're chained to starts to move. Okay, I figured it out. Do not chain your neck to a duck slaughtering line. Uh, there was one guy, there, there's, I don't want to call it graphic, but I'm not going to show it anyway. It's uh, a point in the video where he's, there, no one's going into any slaughter. There's no blades, nothing like that. It's just going around and he's just too big. So he's being pushed and trying to maneuver his head. And then he says, I felt I, I was feeling my life leave my body. My guy, you were fine. Okay. This thing probably doesn't have the mechanical power to actually harm a human significantly. You know, it's it's like you put a duck on it and then it can it ends the duck's life. It'll probably hurt a person, but I don't, you know, I think you're very large. And I think the weight of a human can probably, if they all just hung from it, would break it. Because they're talking about how many activists are there? Like eight activists. You're talking like 1,300 to 500 pounds. Really, especially some of these guys, are big, they're big dudes. Okay, let's say a buck 50 each. I would just estimate 1,300 pounds, maybe 15. Now, maybe that's, that's way too low. I don't know. I don't want to say everybody's 200 pounds. You know what I mean? But they're probably, you know, the women are probably around 120, 130. The men are probably around 160, 170. So, you know, this was in Petaluma, California. The signs at Petaluma's Rikert Duck Farm says keep out biosecure area. Videos sent to ABC7 by activist group Direct Action Everywhere shows terrified protesters crying out for help as a duck slaughter processing line they're chained to starts to move. They're, 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 they were claiming they wanted like press charges or something. Panic set in when the machine started pulling. We need to stop this now. Almost decapitating my head from my neck, said Chang, who spoke to ABC7. I was feeling my life leave my body. They knew that doing it was uh, uh, chaining themselves to a machine built to facilitate death was dangerous. But he says, we have to escalate all of our actions because this is a global crisis we're under. Uh-huh. All right, let's play a game. In my previous segment, I talked about a, a, a chicken shortage and an egg shortage. I would like to introduce you to the animal activists who are making sure you can't eat. They want you to eat the bugs. They want you to live in the pods and eat the bugs. Why won't you live in the pod and eat the bugs? Is it because you're a bigot? You're not a white supremacist, are you? Well, that's certainly the only explanation in their minds. It could be, in fact, that you just enjoy eating eggs. You enjoy eating duck eggs. You can buy duck eggs. You ever, okay, have you guys ever had duck eggs? They're hearty, sticky. I gotta be honest. Um, 
We buy them because you can buy them out here really, really easily. Some people, people just have ducks all over the place. And um, you can actually raise ducks and chickens together so long as they're babies together. That's my understanding. And then uh, you get duck eggs. And ducks are funny. And they make funny sounds. Just like chickens. Just kind of different. Duck eggs have a thicker shell. And uh, I guess it's like a more nutrient-dense yolk. So uh, it's good. I prefer chicken eggs. I, f- I like it. They're fluffier. I don't know. It's just me. It's just me. But anyway, my, my, my point is this. Look, we eat animals, Okay. That's just it. We do. Even when we're killing plants, you know, don't come to me and be like, look, I'll make you, make you, make you the, I'm going to explain you what for. These vegans, these vegetarians, nah, they got it all wrong. They got it all wrong. Let's say there are two farms. On one farm, Farmer Joe and his family mind their own business. They tend to their crops and they're self-sufficient. They bother no one. They grow the corn, they eat the corn. Then across the way, you have the farm of uh, Billy Joe. Billy Joe's not interested in really farming. Him and the boys, they get their guns, they go out and they start raiding and looting other farms and then just pretend like we're just a little old farm. But they get their resources by taking it from those who grow their own food. Now tell me, who's the bad guy? Come on. You know who the bad guy is. The guy who's going around stealing the food from the people who grew it themselves. So let's talk about it. Vegans and vegetarians, what do they say? It makes perfect sense, doesn't it? I don't want to eat animals. They feel pain. Hold on there a minute. Animals walk up to this plant, plant minding its own business, growing its own food, sourcing its own energy from the sun and the water and the earth. And it's saying, hey, nobody else was using it. I know there's some carnivorous plants, but we'll just put that aside for now. Little old spinach plant. What's it doing? hurting nobody, minding its own business, growing its own energy, when along comes Mr. Pig. And Mr. Pig is like, I'm not going to grow my own energy. I'm not going to be self-sufficient. I'm going to take from you. And the vegans have us convinced, these activists have us convinced that the pig is a good guy and we should eat the spinach. But spinaches don't have nervous, spinach doesn't have nervous system. Are you saying, you're saying they don't have feelings? Well, we should raise, raise and loot the farms because those farmers they're not part of the greater. No, no, no. Mm-mm. I think, I think the animals are the bad guys. And I think we as apex predators are doing a service to the innocent by eating pigs, cows, etc. What are these ducks doing? They're eating bugs. What did the bug do to them? Well, here's my point. The argument, in my opinion, about veganism and activism falls flat. I don't like animal suffering. I think that, you know, we should have uh, um, more clean for our sake. And, um, I don't know, humane slaughtering processes. I'm not saying all of them are bad. I've seen dairy farms. And in California, I'm impressed. The activists act like cows are being whipped and beaten. And, you know, I hear these stories where it's like, did you know that there's pus and blood in your milk? And I'm like, okay, dude, look, I've seen the California dairy farms. It may be fine. It might happen. But I watch these cows. I've seen them at multiple farms in California. I kid you not. The story I tell is that I went to the farm, talked to the farmer. We knocked on his door, said, hey, we're journalists. We're interested to talk to you about the water, uh, the drought, the crisis. And he's like, oh, yeah, for sure. I'd love to. And then I said, I, I got a question. There's no gate. There's no fences. I was like, there, there, there were some fenced off areas, but there's nothing stopping the cows from leaving. And he goes, oh, yeah, they leave. And I was like, the cows leave. He goes, yeah. And I was like, oh, OK, hold on. Your cows just leave and you don't care. And he goes, well, they come back. I'm like, what do, you, what do you mean they come back? Why don't they just leave? And he goes, 
where would they go? <laughs> it's a weird question. I'm like, I don't know. He's like, well, I don't know either. There's food here. There's water here. And they get milked here. Why would they want to go anywhere else? It's cow paradise. So the way it works is the cows eat all the food they want. There was, uh, I think it was alfalfa, not corn. Then they leave. They cross the street. They go wherever they want. They can even go on someone else's land. Nobody cares. I guess as long as they're not eating someone else's crops. He's like, I don't know. Until the cows come home. They go out and graze. They come home. They eat some of the food he has prepared. And then when the cows get full and they want to get milked, the cows walk into a machine. Milk's for them. Not even a person there. That's crazy. I didn't, I didn't know that until I went out there. I think animal activists are uh, not all bad. Not all bad. But I think so many of them just don't know what they're talking about. And then, they, and then you got you to gotta wonder about, you know, chaining your neck to a slaughter line. But I'll tell you this. I think it was a stunt. I think it was a stunt. Again, again, it's an old story, but I thought it was funny. So I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. Oh boy, we got a response to a response video in the, in the third person. I'm not responding to the person who made the video, but I, I saw this video. You got uh, this TikTok from at value men. I'm not super familiar with at uh, value men, but uh, shout out. It's this, uh, it starts with this woman saying, I am absolutely convinced that men don't actually want relationships. And then a woman being like, dude, women are acting like men. Men don't want to be in relationships with men. So of course, men are only using you for sex. Because if they, you know, I should play the video and then I'll talk about, you know, modern dating and all this stuff and, uh, uh, you know, whatever. But let's, let, let's play this. I think this one's uh, pretty funny. Men don't actually want relationships. Well, let me start it over. Men don't actually want relationships. Okay. You wanted equality, and now you're complaining that they don't want to be in a relationship with you. Equality also means the same. And since these men are not gay, why would they want to be in a relationship with another man? So you got your equality, and now they don't want to be in a relationship with you because you bring nothing to the table. You're basically men. They use you for one thing now. Of course they do, because that's what makes them not gay. But everything else, you're just like a guy. So they don't want to be in a relationship with a guy, otherwise they would be gay. And since they're not, they don't want to be in a relationship with you. You're not respectful. You don't give them peace. Maybe try being kind and sweet and nice and don't bring drama into their lives. And don't try to change them. Accept them for who they are and believe in them. And then they'll want to be in a relationship with you. It's not the fact that they don't want to be in relationships. They just don't want to be in a relationship with you. There's a difference. Oh, that was great. That was great. I like when she, she's like, if men don't want to be in a relationship with men because they're not gay. And it's like, okay, I get it. It's a joke. But uh, in all seriousness, there's an interesting point to, to dig out there and, and present in literal terms. Men, successful men, uh, men in general, but not all men, not all men. I'm not speaking for everybody. But um, I, I hope women understand this. I've talked about this in numerous segments going back, the, going back over the years. And feminists always get really angry. It was a story from the New York Post, and it was a woman saying that she was struggling to find a man to date her who made the same, same amount of money that she did. And uh, uh, the New York Post said, women in their 30s who have careers are struggling to date men in their, in their same income bracket. And I'm like, you got to think about the kind of man who would date a woman who makes, let's say, 70K a year, and she's 34. I am not intending to insult women in any way by bringing this up. But based on what was said by uh, this woman at Value Men, I think there's, you know, something interesting uh, to point out. And I know I've done it before, but let's do another segment on it. 
Let's say you're a 34-year-old guy and you're broke. You make no money. And then along comes a 34-year-old woman, kind of attractive, has a job. Maybe you want to date her. And you're like, well, look, you know, she's got a place. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here. Does the woman want to date you? Well, there's a tendency. And I'm not saying all people, calm down, calm down. No, why would she? She's working really hard. Here's a guy who's not successful. And it's like, what's attractive about that? She wants to find a guy who makes the same amount of money as her. But this means the woman brings nothing to the table for the man. The man already has money. He already makes money. He's already got an apartment. He's looking for a wife, someone who can fill the gap in his life. That What's missing? Women think that you can be equal. I shouldn't say women. That's not fair. Feminists, because clearly this woman doesn't. Many feminists don't. That you can come to a man and say, I offer you what you already have. Let's start a relationship. And the man says, a relationship, look, it can be based on love, in which case, you know, people will share careers and lives and, and get along. I'm not saying everybody. But for a lot of guys, they're thinking, look, I don't need a breadwinner. I make money. I pay my rent. I want to buy a house. I want to have a family. I want to, I want to, I want to matter and I want to provide and I want to care for people. And I, want to, I want to provide what I can to somebody else. But now men are being increasingly presented with the option of, well, they're going to be working 40 hours a week. Even if you had kids, you'd have to be, find a sitter somehow. You have to struggle with it. It's, it's difficult. It's not the same as it used to be. Of course, we are navigating our way through this. I'm not saying every or even the, the, all, you know, I'm not saying every or, or, you know, 70%. I think this is a tendency. Guys can't have kids. They, they want to have kids. But I think there's also the obvious that men tend toward jobs that are uh, object oriented and women tend toward jobs that are subject oriented, meaning guys want to solve problems, accomplish goals and work with their hands and things like that on average, on average. Again, calm down. So here's what happens. 34 year old guy makes $100,000 a year, gets approached by a woman of a comparable age, similar salary. And he says, look, I want to have a family. There is a 28 year old woman. She makes 45K a year at her job. She doesn't want to work full time anymore. She is interested in having a family. She's younger. What do you think the guy's going to pick? I'm not saying it's good that guys do this. I'm saying it's what guys want. There was the old data from OKCupid that points this out, that no matter what age a man is, he he messages 22-year-olds. Now, I got to be honest, I think that's a little creepy. 50-year-old guy messaging a 22-year-old, hey. But if it's like a fit, attractive, wealthy 55-year-old guy, 22-year-old might actually have no problem with that. Although I think it's kind of weird that, you know, the dude's older than your dad, but that's on you. I mean, it's legal and it's fine. You do what you want. Women tend to message men their own age. It was crazy watching the chart. It was like 34-year-old woman will send a message to a 34-year-old man. But 34-year-old man is sending a message on average to a 22-year-old woman. Again, not saying it's good. Not something I would do. But I get it. Guys, look, it's, I, 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 don't, I don't know why. I don't know why people don't want to believe it. But maybe it's because society continues to tell women that the path towards social acceptance is to get a career and be the CEO, work long, grueling hours in difficult circumstances, isolated and alone. And I think there's a tendency for women to say, I don't want that. Some women really want to be CEOs, and by all means, they absolutely should. If they have the merit, the passion, the drive, nothing should stand in their way. But I think often society is pushing women to do this instead, and it's creating a pressure. 
where I mentioned this before, I've seen women on, on dating websites saying, I wish I didn't have to work and could just be a mom. But they're increasingly encountering men who either are incapable of being providers or a society that is demanding they get a job and support themselves. It's getting harder and harder to support yourself on a single income. So what do we see? Well, at value men on TikTok, you're correct. I mean, I don't think it's gay for a man to date a woman because she's a woman, like, you know, and he wants to hook up, even if she's just bringing another masculine role to the table. But I do think that plays a huge role. Do men on average want a partner who plays a masculine role? I'm willing to bet the answer is, on average, no. The stronger dating position, position for a woman will, will probably be, if you are 30, you will probably have better luck dating a 35-year-old man with a job by telling him you want to have a family. And the guy's going to be like, okay, yeah, absolutely. Look, I got a job. I make good money. Let's have a family. I need someone who can do that for me. I can't do it. Think about it this way. You want a company. Every day you wake up, you sweep the floors. Someone comes in and says, look, you know, you run the company, partner up with me, and I will help in also running another company. And you're going to be like, well, look, I I mean, that's, that's really great, but I don't know why I would partner my company with your company. We both run our own companies. But what if they came there and said, I would like to partner up with you. And what I'll do is I'll make sure the place is clean as a whistle. I'll handle maintenance and and sanitation while you handle running the company. All of a sudden, then he's going to be like, that's a great deal. I don't want to be sweeping these floors. Now, to be honest, the guy could probably just hire someone to sweep the floors. My point is, if a partner comes in and they offer to do the things that you're not already doing, you have a full picture right there. How about that? But if you come in and offer what a guy already has, he's going to say, I'm not interested. So I have to wonder. I'm not going to sit here and play stupid games about dating strategy or anything like that. I don't know. I think be respectful, be yourself. Women have agency and can have any job they want, do whatever they want. I got no issue with that. But I do think men as well, if, if you're trying to uh, uh, date, consider what it is a woman wants. Now, the challenge is, I think many women are just doing what they think is socially acceptable because they are subject-oriented individuals. And that makes a challenge. They may say, society wants X. I will do that. But a relationship requires why. How do you do both? Well, the reality is you don't need to worry about what other people think. You want to do what feels right for you and makes you happy. And my only thing is say to women, if that means you be the CEO and you be the athlete and you work that job and you lift weights, I'm proud of you. Please, you know, keep doing that stuff. We need more of it. And if you're a woman who wants to be a mom and wants to be with a guy and you, you, you meet a guy who's looking for someone who wants to be a stay-at-home mom, and that's, that's what's right for you, then, then embrace it. Just be happy. And if you're a guy who wants to be a stay-at-home dad, dad, and you meet that woman who wants to be the CEO, congratulations, you made it work. But I think people just need to realize, she's right. She says, I'm absolutely convinced that men don't actually want relationships. I don't think that's the case. I think what's happened is modern society has offered up disloyalty, no-fault divorce, and masculinized females. I mean, figuratively and literally women saying I will do the breadwinner role. And it's like, I don't need that done. I do that. Now, maybe you just need to find a guy, the rare guy who wants to be a stay at home dad. He'd probably love to be in a relationship with you. But until 
people start to have honest conversations about this, they're just going to keep acting confused. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up tonight at 8 p.m. live, youtube.com slash timcastirl. Don't miss it. Come hang out. It's going to be fun, and I'll see you all then. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.